Well, good morning. If you got your Bibles with you this morning, I want you to turn to John chapter 4, verses 27 through 38. Um, and that's where we're going to be reading in just a few moments, but I want to very quickly just give you a, a brief introduction as to what we're talking about, the wonderful work of saving or sharing the gospel, the wonderful work of sharing the gospel. There are still some 2,000 unique people groups in the world which have not heard the gospel, by which have yet to be engaged. At, uh, add that to the billions of people in spite of belonging to people groups which have been reached by the gospel, have yet still heard the gospel and have taken the gospel to heart. Given that opportunity to respond to his overwhelming love. Uh, we have identified a difference between that of missions and evangelism as follows. Uh, we have a slight difference in the definition of evangelism of that of missions. Evangelism is when we are reaching people who can and will and should become a part of our church fellowship for discipleship after salvation. Then the idea of missions is that which we are reaching people who cannot or will not or should not become a part of our church uh, because they have been uh, saved outside of our um, uh, area of influence, if you would, um, because they live too far away from the church. Thus, when we are uh, visiting those who have been attending our service uh, and we have an opportunity to lead someone to the Lord, that's evangelism. Um, they can and, and will and should come to our church. On the other hand, when we are out on vacation or traveling somewhere or, or, or far away from home and we have an opportunity to share the gospel with somebody, um, that's called missions because they don't necessarily have the opportunity to come back and be a part of our church family. But in both cases, we are simply doing the work of uh, the wonderful work of sharing the gospel. Uh, we're trying to lead people to faith in Jesus Christ. It's just that case uh, where we disciple them in our fellowship and another with their disciples in the context of another fellowship. Our Lord Jesus, our Savior, uh, was the first New Testament missionary. He left his home became one of us and dwelt among us in a foreign culture so that he might share the message of his father's love. But even while he was here, he demonstrated a desire to reach outside of his own cultural boundaries. Our text this morning and what we're about to read demonstrates Jesus was the first cultural, um, cross-cultural missionary um, that came to this world. If you would, John chapter 4, uh, starting in verse 27, listen to what the Bible tells us of the story of the famous story of the woman at the well. And here's what it says, And upon this came his disciples and marveled that he talked with a woman that had yet no man said, What speaketh thou, and why talketh thou with her? The woman then left her water pot and went away into the city and saith to the man, Come, see a man which told me all things that ever I did. Is not this the Christ? When they went out of the city and came unto him, in the meanwhile the disciples prayed him, saying, Master, eat. But he said unto them, I have meat to eat that thou know not of. Therefore said the disciples one to another, Has any man brought him aught to eat? Jesus said unto him, My meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. 
Say not ye that there are yet four months and then cometh the harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look the fields for they are white already to harvest. And he that reapeth receiveth wages and gathereth fruit unto life eternal that both he that soweth and he that reapeth may rejoice together. And therein he is saying the true, one soweth and another reapeth. I sent you to reap wherein you have bestowed no labor. Other men labored where they... Uh, where you have entered into their labor. Let us pray. Father, thank you for the reading and the hearing of your word now. We pray that, Father, that as I uh, share these simple points, O Lord, as the wonderful work of sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ, that you would inspire us and encourage us that, Father, that we have the responsibility and the, uh, the privilege to be able to share your word with others who have yet to hear in hopes that they will come to know the wonderful Savior that you are. Lord, I pray that you would take the reading and the, the study of your word and now use it to sp spur on your people to go out into the fields and into the highways and the byways and to compel people to come to Jesus. Lord, we love you and we thank you that you loved us enough to come from heaven above to earth below and to take up residence with us that you might be the first missionary to present the gospel across cultural barriers. Lord, we love you. Now we ask your blessing upon this, your word in Jesus' name. All right, uh, if you uh, um, begin in verse 1, you would find that uh, the Pharisees become increasingly uh, antagonistic against Jesus in his ministry. Verse 4 tells us that Jesus said that he had to go through Samaria. And about midday, Jesus stops at the well or at the city of Sychar at Jacob's well. And Jesus stays there at the well and he sends his disciples into town to go get something to eat. It was here that Jesus meets this Samaritan woman, whom we know uh, as the woman at the well. Jesus breaks several cultural barriers in just talking to this woman. He talks to the woman in public, something that no self-respecting Jewish man would have done in those days. He also talked to a Samaritan, something else that no Jews would do in those days. During the course of his discussion, Jesus tells the woman about her life and reveals to her that he is, in fact, that long-awaited Messiah that his people and her people have been waiting for. He offers her a living water or salvation. And as the disciples return, the woman returns to the village to tell all that she knew about what she had found out in meeting Jesus. Our text reveals four simple things that tell us about introducing others to faith. Uh, it's a relational and fulfilling work. Now the disciples were amazed, first of all, that their teacher would lower himself to speak to a woman in public. And furthermore, that he did choose to speak to a woman that it would none other be a Samaritan. I'm convinced until after the resurrection and the coming of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost, that the disciples spent most of their time scratching their heads and wondering, what was Jesus up to? I mean, he just didn't do things the way that others thought that the Messiah should do. But they were still concerned about him, and they urged him to eat some of the food that they had brought from the village. Again, he responded in a way that takes them all by surprise. His response is that he has food to eat that they don't know of. Well, they look around and ask one another, who's brought him food? Where did he get something to eat? But Jesus explains, giving us insight into the relational and fulfilling nature of soul winning. 
No doubt Jesus was referring to Deuteronomy chapter 8 and verse 3, which says, Man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Jesus was telling his disciples, and he's telling you and I this morning, that physical food may sustain us for a while. It may satisfy our physical hunger. It may even meet our temporal desires. But doing the will of the Father in heaven is much more satisfying, much more fulfilling, much more meaningful. Jesus was living on a plane the disciples had yet to discover. A plane many Christians have not yet discovered either. Jesus was living in the spiritual realm where the greatest satisfaction he could experience was that of doing the work of the Father, which had sent him to do the will of the Father. God created us to be relational, to be in fellowship with him and fellowship with one another. It is that sin that separates man from God and, and man from his fellow man. God's plan is that, that we are to be in fellowship with him. We're to relate to others, hereby bringing them into a relationship with Him. And we all have a basic need within every human soul to be in a relationship. The disciples would not uh, have spoken to this woman. They would not have bothered to get involved. But Jesus intentionally stayed behind so that He could engage in conversation and confront this woman with the truth of the gospel. It wasn't a pretty picture that Jesus painted about her life. He confronted her with the truth of how she had been living her life. Sin is never a pretty picture. But when we take care of that sin through the blood of Jesus Christ, it takes an ugly stain and makes it white as snow. The gospel is the good news that sets the sinner free. Folks, we were created to participate in eternity. God created us to be his messengers, his vessel, the temple in which the Holy Spirit lives. If we spend our substance of our days pursuing lesser things which can only satisfy the physical nature and never satisfy the longing of our eternal nature of Christ, we may grow physically strong ex externally but dry up and, and, and wither away spiritually. Jesus was explaining to his disciples that being in fellowship with the Father and accomplishing the work means doing things that satisfy more deeply than that of nourishment from food. For those who are, will follow Jesus, that which satisfies our deepest longing of our souls, that which brings us fulfillment and a sense of completion is to be used of God and specifically to be used by God to bring others into the kingdom. Jesus wants you and me to be, have the same kind of spiritual food he had. He wants us to be nourished even as he was. And we get that by doing the will of the Father which accomplishes his work. Which Jesus explains here is leading others into a faith in him. The second thing that we see, it's a great task and an urgent work. Verse 35 reminds us that, that, that we can't Put it off. It's something that needs to be done now. Immediately, Jesus looks up across the field and no doubt he sees the people coming across the field from the village. The scripture said, tells us in verse 30 that after the woman went back into the village, she told all of them that were there about who she had met at the well. And Jesus sees them and he turns his attention to his disciples, not to the grain of the field, but to the field of souls which were making their way towards him. 
He wanted them to look at the field and come to, to work in the field of souls of men and women and boys and girls. The disciples were waiting for Jesus to establish a military kingdom. And once again, Jesus reminds them that he has come to win souls for the kingdom of heaven. He came to seek and to save the lost. He came to be a ransom for many. As Jesus directs their attention to the great field of souls, he stresses with urgency, don't say, don't put off tomorrow what you can do today. Don't say there's four months until the harvest. Lift up your eyes. Look, there are people dying and going to hell around you every day. Share the gospel with them. Folks, one of the reasons we don't see more people saved, one of the reasons we're not baptizing more, one of the reasons we don't see the kingdom of God literally exploding around us is that we're not looking on the fields as the ones which were white unto harvest. In recent days, Christians have spent more time thinking about why people won't come to faith in Christ instead of simply going out and sharing the gospel with them. Lift up your eyes, folks. The fields are white unto harvest. People need the Lord. Look around at those who need to be saved, at those that have never heard, at those that are waiting for hope, those that are struggling in the bondage of sin, hoping that someone will show them a light out of the darkness. The world is filled with people just waiting for someone to tell them about God's love. And he has a plan for their lives to give them eternal life. It is by design, the third thing, that God has shared this work. It is by a design, a, a, a shared work. God said, listen, there's no one that can do this all by yourself. It is not a work that one can do alone. Even as Jesus called on his disciples to see the readiness of the harvest and to join him in the work, he is calling upon us to join him with one another in that of sharing the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. So often we're tempted to believe that soul winning is something that we must do individually. When we, in reality, it is designed to be a joint effort. A shared work among those of the followers of Christ. We have become so accustomed to thinking that the one who reaps the harvest is the one who really wins the soul. No, Jesus makes it clear that whether you're sowing or whether you're reaping, you're a part of the, uh, uh, the partaking work of Jesus Christ who brings about salvation. But when we go out about the business of sowing, invariably we will come across those who are ready to receive those that are ready for harvest, those in whose hearts somebody else has planted the seed, those who somebody else has watered, those who somebody else has prepared, and we get the privilege of reaping the soul. Listen, my friends, the reality is that whether we're sowing or reaping, it doesn't matter for we all come together one day and we will receive the rewards for, for being about the Father's business. On that great day when the books are all open, and all of our earthly deeds are revealed, there will be no distinction between the sower and the harvester. Both together will share in the reward because both are responsible for the harvest of souls. They are both involved in each activity. And the final thing that we find here in this text is and found in verse 36. It is a rewarding and joyous work. But not only does Jesus tell us that soul winning is fulfilling, and not only are we to be reminded how urgent it is that we go out and share the word of God with those that are lost. 
But it's a shared work. You might be sowing today or you might have the opportunity of reaping the, the, the harvest. We're assured that there is, this is a joyous work. Winning souls to Jesus Christ is the most rewarding work in which any Christian can be involved. Look at verse 36. So that he who sows and he that reaps may rejoice together. Jesus is telling his disciples and he's telling us of the rewarding joy that comes to those who are involved in soul winning. In the beginning of time when God created man and woman, it was his intention for them to, to know the joy of the fellowship with the Father. Sin, however, had ruined that perfect joy. And not until he, we come into fellowship with God through salvation can we once again know the joy of the Lord. The Christian life is, is one that is to be characterized by joy because we're in fellowship with the Father. Listen to what Luke chapter 15 and verse 10 reminds us of that happens in heaven every time a sinner is converted. Likewise, I say unto you that there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner that repenteth. If heaven finds that great joy and fulfillment in seeing others repent and put their faith in Jesus, should we not also bring that a, us a rewarding joy as well? My friends, I encourage you, take part in the joy of the Lord of sharing the gospel with somebody. And what a great joy. Not only will heaven rejoice, but you will rejoice as well. Nothing, oh, nothing should thrill the Christian more than seeing a lost person come to Christ unless it is actually being a part, being used of God to help that person come into the kingdom of God. Have you ever known the joy? of leading someone else from darkness of sin into a relationship, into the light of the Lord? If not, I ask you this morning, why not? Why have you not shared that simple message, Jesus saved me, he can save you? Perhaps like the disciples, we are all too focused on the temporal, the things which cannot satisfy the eternal and this morning, Jesus is reminding us that there is food not in this world, but spiritual food that comes from being obedient to God by sharing the wonderful work of salvation. Maybe you're here this morning. Maybe you're listening. And your, your, your eyes are not open to the, to the ripeness of the harvest around you. Would you just simply ask God to lift up your eyes? To see the brokenness all around you. To see the lostness. To see people and in, 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 in as they are hurting and as they are heading uh, uh, far from God, how that you can share with them how they can turn their lives to Christ and He will take a broken life and He will make it new again. And he'll take one who is heading into the pit of hell and point them in the direction of heaven. You and I can do that. You and I have the privilege of doing that. And so it is that I encourage you this morning, do that for Jesus' sake. Do that for their sake. Share the gospel with someone who needs to hear that God can save them from their sin and the location of their brokenness. Let me pray for you as we pray for the lost this morning. Father, 
As we close our time this morning, it is my desire that you would speak unto the heart of your people. I pray that, Father, that if there's one that is listening to me this week and has not come into a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, that they would reach out to the church, Lord, where they could call us or email us and we could share with them the gospel message of Jesus Christ. Lord, if they would reach out to a a, a trusted Christian friend. Say, I know you know Christ. I want to know him. Lord, for the Christian, I pray this morning that you would open their eyes. I pray that they would see the lostness that's all around them. I pray that, Father, that they would see the great need for the gospel message to be proclaimed. Lord, help us to be, Father, willing to see the hurting and to share the healing by telling them about Jesus Christ and His great salvation. Lord, use this time, I pray, to speak to your people. In Jesus' name I pray. Thank you for worshiping with us this morning. I, I, I had to be a little brief this morning and preaching to an empty room is even harder. May the Lord bless you and use you this week in sharing the gospel with others. If you need us, please reach out to the church and we'll respond to you as soon as we can. God bless you until we meet again.